Hey everyone, Dave Hagan here. Today I want to talk about my five-step approach to financial security. It's not all that complicated and I can walk you through the points in a few minutes. It could change your life. Are you ready? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, thanks, Nick. Now, I know a lot of the listeners are thinking, how do I get started on this road to financial security? Well, the answer is simple. You take the first step. Years ago, there was a book called The Complete Book of Running written by a guy named James Fix. His book was one of the initial books on running that started the jogging craze in the United States back in the early 70s and later in the 80s. It's kind of ironic that he died of a massive heart attack in 1984 at the young age of 52, but that's another story. I remember in an interview, someone asked him, what's the hardest part of running? He thought about it for a minute and responded, the first step. And in so many ways, this is so true. The first step is the hardest. Each successive step gets a little easier until you establish a rhythm. Before you know it, you're cruising along smoothly, and ultimately, you reach your objective before you even know it. The same is true with starting your path to financial security. The first couple steps are really tough. After that, you start to develop a rhythm, and before you know it, you've arrived where you want to be, financial freedom. I don't want to make this too complicated, so I've broken it down into five simple steps. Too many times I see people making personal financial planning too complicated. If you talk to friends or family about financial matters, they'll tell you that you need to get in touch with the latest financial guru or the hottest financial advisor. Now, maybe you'll want to talk to a financial advisor later. But for now, all you need to know is five simple steps to get you where you want to be. Some of these steps may be simple or even obvious. However, many times it's the simple and obvious things which we so often overlook, which are the most powerful. This is why I presented the material in this matter. Step number one, get rid of the cards. The first thing you need to do is to get rid of your credit cards. You can accomplish this step tomorrow. Your first step can be sudden and powerful. Now, there's several reasons for this. First, we've got to stop the bleeding. Credit card spending is really too easy to do and as a result, too hard to control. Studies have shown that people who pay cash for items spend an average of 12 to 18% less and have a propensity to be much more critical and astute purchasers of goods and services. Second, if you're living on your credit cards, it makes it extremely difficult to understand where your money's going. This is especially true if you're using several credit cards over the course of a single month. You just don't know where your money's going. Third, Credit card spending is the most dangerous place to accumulate debt, and it's where most people get caught or stuck into trouble. The interest rates are, by definition, much higher than ordinary loans. Further, they lull you into paying the minimum monthly payment, which essentially means that you have a high-interest, long-term loan. Who would borrow money for dinners at 21%, which then takes more than 25 years to repay using the minimum monthly payment? It just doesn't make sense sense when you think about it. Now, I'll talk to you about keeping one or two cards around for later, perhaps, but for now, 
get rid of these credit cards. You don't have to cut them up or close the accounts. In fact, that may not even be advisable. If you cut up the credit cards and later need to use that account for some extreme reason, you wouldn't have the card around. If you close the account, the credit will not be available for you if you ever need it, and you may actually end up harming your credit rating. Not that that's a very big thing anyway. But for now, just get them out of your pocket so that you're not using them any longer. I'll spend a whole podcast talking about how to deal with these cards. Stay tuned. But for now, just get them out of your pocket. Now, while you're at it, look for automatic payments or recurring charges on your credit cards. Businesses love to have the authority to charge your credit card every month. This way, it's extremely difficult to review what they're charging you, and because you're not reviewing the bill before it's paid, you have a tendency to overlook any miscellaneous charges. I get it. Keep the Netflix charge on your account. It's only 10 bucks and a cheap way to entertain yourself each month. However, are there any others? No way! I'd rather have them send me a bill and make me feel the pain of cutting a check each month. Again, I'll spend a whole future podcast on the negative aspects of credit cards and automatic monthly charges. But for now, get off the automatic charges and get them out of your pocket. Step number two, know your flow. In order to fix anything, you must first understand it. To this end, you need to understand your monthly cash flow. This step can be completed in as little as 30 days. Looking at your income and expenses for one month will give you a pretty good idea of what's going on. First, you need to know what's coming in each month. This includes your gross and net income. When I sit down with people many times, I get a kick out of the fact that they don't even know what their gross and net income is. In fact, sometimes they don't even know what the term gross or net means. By the way, gross is what you make and net is what you bring home. You should also know if anything's coming out of your check other than state and federal taxes. Sometimes an employer will have you making contributions to things or taking deductions that you don't even know about. You should also know if you're getting money in from any other sources such as gifts, interest on investments, etc. Those with their own businesses are going to have a little more difficult time as you probably need to take an average of six months income or so. They should then deduct the different business expenses that come out of the income for that business. What's left over or what's put in your pocket, accountants call net income. Second, you need to know what's going out each month. You should chart using general categories what's going out each month for housing, utilities, food at home and away from home, transportation, including car payment, insurance, gas repairs and registration, entertainment, both at home, cable, internet, etc., and away, drinks, movies, etc. Support, insurance if any, debt, but not a mortgage, vacation, retirement, and savings. It's not that important that you have the exact correct categories. Rather, it's important that you have general categories that will show you in a very general kind of way where you're spending money. I'll spend a whole future podcast talking about the different ways to do this. If there's any money left over, where is it? Is it in your bank account? Having something left over is really the whole key to things. Obviously, the simple answer to having money left over each month is to either increase income or decrease spending. Sounds almost too simple, right? The idea is to maximize that gap and to have that money working for you on a monthly basis. 
Again, this, this isn't that complicated in terms of general concepts. Putting into practice and sticking with it is the real challenge. A plan to increase income, or more usually a plan to reduce spending, is what most people call a budget. I'm not a fan of anyone going on a budget. A budget's like a diet. As soon as you're on one, you can hardly wait to get off it. Rather, I prefer to think of it as a spending plan. A thoughtful plan on where you want to spend your money each month. A plan to get you exactly where you want to be some years down the line. I'll spend several podcasts in the future talking about increasing income and decreasing spending. I could go on for hours and hours about this. For now, the simple idea is to develop a plan to increase income or decrease spending. What's left over is going to get you to the promised land. Step number three, eliminate debt. Once you have some money available on a monthly basis, the next step is to take that money and use it to pay down any unsecured debt. I'm talking about all debt, except for possibly a house loan. This, possibly, is the hardest step of all to accomplish. Repaying debt is usually for things and events that you've enjoyed in the past. Now you're paying for them. Now, it's not a lot of fun to pay down on things that you've already enjoyed. However, if you focus on the fun of having all the debt paid off, you might accomplish your goal and it'll help you stay in the game. This could take some time, but don't think in terms of five or 10 years. That's not a productive mentality. Rather, think of how quickly you can get this done. You wanna pay down the debt as quickly as possible. Don't think in terms of making minimum monthly payments. Think in terms of making massive payments in chunks on the debt. Think about this time in your life as a short-term transitional period. If you decide to drive for Uber for a year to pay down debt, use all the Uber money to do this. Pay down the debt like you can hardly wait for it to be gone. Now, there's different ways to pay down debt. They're called things like the debt snowball, avalanche, higher interest first, or even sometimes bankruptcy. I'll spend several podcasts talking about these different methods of getting rid of debt. The important concept here today is to understand that you want to make large payments to reduce debt in chunks during the shortest period of time. Work a second job for a while. Sell assets. Sell junk. Do whatever you need to do to get yourself out of this transitional and temporary period in your life. Every month you spend paying off debt is another month that you don't have to start saving money. It pushes your ultimate financial goals further away. Now, this step is going to take some time. Remember that the first step only took one day and the second step may have taken as little as 30 days. This step could take four months if you file bankruptcy or a few years if you're paying the debt down over time. The important point is that you choose how long this will take as part of your plan and that you stick with it. Step number four, set up an emergency fund. Everybody should have an emergency fund. This should consist of enough money to cover your monthly expenses for a period of two to six months. Experts differ greatly on how many months someone should have in their emergency fund. Because you're setting this up a little later in your financial journey and your debt's now paid off, I recommend six months. If you become ill, can't work, lose your job, or the economy just stands still for a while like it did after 9-11, you've got the ability to sustain yourself for six months. You know exactly what your monthly expenses are because you determined that amount as part of step two some time ago. The money should be held in the bank account which is liquid and readily accessible. 
However, under no circumstances should you use it to acquire assets or spend it for fun stuff. It should only be there, gathering a small amount of interest, to be used in the event something unforeseen happens to you or your cash flow. Hang on, we're almost there. Step number five, put 15% into retirement. People tend to think this is very complicated. I've seen books with many chapters on IRAs, simple IRAs, Roth IRAs, KEOs, 401ks, and traditional pensions. This doesn't have to be that complicated. The important thing is that when you reach this step, you make a conscious effort to set aside at the beginning of each month 15% of your gross income for retirement. If you choose an appropriate plan, the money will stay in that account and grow tax-free. When you need the money in your retirement, you'll pull it out and have to pay income tax on that money. However, at that time in your life, your income will probably be less, so taxes will not be much of an issue for you. You don't need a super guru to get this done. You can go to any of the major brokerage houses like Schwab, Ameritrade, E-Trade, etc., and they can advise you which are available to you, and they'll set them up for you. You can put the money in every month in a low-risk and boring investment and only check on it periodically. It'll grow over the long haul and be very valuable to you someday. It's this fund, together with a pension from your employer, if they still exist, plus Social Security, if it's still around, that's going to be your financial security when you retire. Once you have these five steps completed, you're done. You'll be living within your means and won't have any debt. You'll have an emergency fund, and you'll be funding your retirement. Sounds pretty darn good, right? You'll probably also have extra money each month to do whatever you desire. Remember, this is the money that you're using to pay debt with some time ago. But you can't do this unless you take care of the basics I've discussed. You may want to buy a home, take trips, create some savings, which I recommend, by the way, and give to charity, which I also recommend. It all depends upon what's interesting to you, though. But you won't be in this position if you don't take care of business now, first with the first five steps. Remember, your ultimate goal is to do whatever you want with your money. So let's summarize. The path to financial security need not be complicated. You need to take the first step now. The five steps to financial security are one, get rid of the cards. Two, know your flow. Three, eliminate debt immediately. Four, create an emergency fund. And five, put 15% into retirement. Your ultimate goal is to do whatever you want each month with the money that you now have left over. This is Dave Hagan, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on the road to financial success. If you'd like Dave to answer any of your questions, email them to dave at davidrhagan.com. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast by hitting the subscribe button in your app. You will automatically get a reminder each time Dave uploads a new episode. Or you can use the app to share this episode with your friends and family. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, we got a couple extra minutes here. Uh our announcer, Nick's got an email for us. Nick, what do you what do you got? Yeah, so I, I have an email from Sarah. And Sarah says, Dave, quick question. I currently work at a part-time job at the local chain restaurant in my hometown. Based on my current income, I'm currently in the lowest tax bracket there is, I think. I only make around $25,000 a year. I also know that 
the president passed new legislation regarding tax law. Based on your expertise, would you advise me to file a tax return this year? Please advise, Sarah. Hmm, Sarah. Um, a couple of things. First of all, I'm I'm not a, a an accountant or a tax attorney, so don't take any of this as tax advice. But I think there's plenty of things that um, I could say about this. Um, first and foremost, uh, the the president doesn't pass tax law. Um, there are those that think that he might, but he doesn't. He he signs it into law. Uh, the Congress, the House of Representatives, and the Senate actually um, pass legislation, and then the president signs it into law. So that that's just uh, that might be semantics, but um, that's kind of the way that works. Uh, second of all, should she file a tax return? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, the IRS doesn't know what you're doing or what you're not doing, and if you don't file a return, they're not going to know. So um, I would certainly would file a return. I think that's important to file a return every year. If you don't file a return, sometimes they'll file a substituted return for you, and uh, they're not very careful or cautious about the numbers that they put on that. In other words, they, they kind of hedge to the high side, kind of as a way of drawing you out of the woodwork, and, and you don't want to be putting yourself in that kind of a situation. Um, another reason to do it is that uh, I'm assuming that she's being paid as an employee, and her employer has been withholding taxes, hopefully, um, all year long. And she may do her return and end up getting a few bucks back. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, is there any reason why someone should not file their tax return? Well, I guess if you want some um, some free lodging at the Gray Bar <laughs> Hotel or something, you know. But uh, no, I think that uh, someone should file a return every year. I know that some people that are re- retired or elderly have told me that their accountants said that, hey, their income was not sufficient to warrant the filing return. Right, right. I, I don't know what those requirements are and, and, and wouldn't want to even pretend to, to tell folks. But um, absent that, everybody should file a return every year. Um, make sure that you let the IRS know what you're doing. Um, for a lot of people, even myself, you know, we'll, we'll bitch and moan about what it costs to prepare the return and what we're paying. And, and then you, you suck it up and you sign it and you send in any money that you owe because you're not going um, to be able to argue your way out of that one. It well, is what it is. Well, I mean, for, I think, what she say, $25,000 a year she's making, she can go on like TurboTax and do it for free. She, and- she could. She could. I, I've seen commercials where some of the companies, if they're doing a 1099 EZ or whatever, they'll, they'll do it for you for free. Um, an accountant would probably charge, I don't know, 50 or 100 bucks maybe to do that kind of return. It's not a complicated thing, but uh, um, TurboTax, wow, what an amazing thing. It kind of walks you through and, and um, a real easy way to, to do those returns. I don't know. That, that's what I would do, but certainly file the return. Hopefully your withholding's been enough so that uh, you uh, have had withheld about what your tax liability is going to be. Or, or if you're, you're fortunate, maybe they've withheld a little much and you got some money coming back. Hopefully you're not going to owe any money. That's always a painful <laughs> thing to write the check. And, and then you're done for the next year. And, and the answer, you know, the answer to the, the, the taxing issue is just, just go out and make more money. Just go out and make more money. If you got to pay more tax, that means you're making more money. That means you're being successful. So be it. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I think that's all the time that we have here today. Um, I want to remind all of our listeners, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your phone there so that you get notice of future podcasts. We're going to get these out about once a week. 
Uh, also, if you like what you're hearing and you think it'd be beneficial to others, um, refer to them. There's an opportunity to, or a button to push on, um, to refer this podcast to others. So refer them. Uh, hopefully our list, uh, group of listeners will, will grow over some period of time and, uh, we'll be able to reach out and, and do more things. So that, go ahead. Also, keep on sending those emails. Keep on get, sending get those emails out. emails out. I know the, the two of you guys are always interested in all the emails coming in. All right, that's all we have today. This is Dave Hagan, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on the road to financial success. If you'd like Dave to answer any of your questions, email them to dave at davidrhagen.com. Until next week, this is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.